All right, let's make our declaration. Bring your Bible. All right, let's declare it. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you today for your amazing grace in our lives. I thank you for what you will do in us because of what you desire to do through us. And Lord, today as we pray over the word, we also pray over every mom, every woman, and every child, Father, that needs to be remembered, that needs to be covered, that needs to know your amazing grace in their life, Father. Lord, we pray for the protection of life. We pray that you would cover every woman that's faced with this choice. Father, let your compassion, your mercy, and your love surround each and every woman that feels like they have to make this choice. And Father, cause us to rise up as the body of Christ to find out ways that we can come alongside, that we can help, that we can encourage. Lord, there are so many testimonies of lives that have been spared. And God, the purpose and the destiny that's come out of those lives. So Lord, we know every child is a divine destiny connected to it. And so Father, we just pray your provision and your protection over life and over every woman in Jesus' name. Somebody said? Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 15, and I'm going to read these first 17 verses to you. You can follow along. I'm going to read out of the Message Bible this morning, and so it'll sound a little bit different, but you can follow along along with me. I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that does not bear grapes, and every branch that is grape-bearing he prunes back so it will bear even more. Somebody say even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Verse 4, live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you, in the same way that a branch cannot bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You cannot bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine You are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you cannot produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure. Somebody say, can be sure. You can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. Verse 9, I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourself at home in my love. If you keep my command, you will remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done, kept my father's command and made myself at home in his love. Verse 11, I have told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command, love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friend. 
You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. Verse 16 and 17. You, don't, you did not choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit. Fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. So let me just give it to you like this. Jesus is declaring that God is expecting fruit or increase from our life. In the message of the parable or the talent, when the Lord came back, what he was looking to receive was increase. Not just his own back given to him, but he was expecting to receive increase. So if we want to be productive and produce kingdom increase through our life, it's always going to require the leap of faith. So let's walk through this quickly this morning and uh, uh, just an introduction. Knowing and teaching faith is not the same thing as taking the leap of faith. See, to talk about faith, teach faith, but somewhere you got to do faith. Amen? Living by and with living by limits, by and with limits is not living by faith. I believe 2020, it is time to take the leap of faith. Think about this. Everything God has put in our lives for, is for the purpose of increase and multiplication. His first statement in Genesis 1, he creates man. Then his first statement to man, the first thing God says to his creation, man, when he made him, is be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. The message Bible says prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. Take charge. Here in John's Gospels, we read Jesus is making the same declaration as one of his last statements to his disciples because it is God's declared will for his creation that we would be fruitful and multiply and increase in him. God's will for your life is there will be multiplication and increase connected to your life that, are, that is kingdom multiplication and kingdom increase. Amen. That's his will for every one of our lives. That we would be fruitful and multiply, increase in Him. He has equipped us with all we will ever need to do so. All we have to do is abide in Him and take the leap of faith. Think about this. The leap of faith is this. It is the action required on our part that is in agreement with His declared purpose for our life. God said, this is what I'm going to do for you, but then there's something that I have to take a corresponding action in agreement with what He's declared to see that come to pass. Are you with me? And so in every account, we can see that. There's always a required corresponding action in faith that releases His promise through our lives. Look inside your outline. Think about this. Something to do or not to do. And, and so that action God gives us is either something that we're going to do or something that we're not going to do. It takes as much faith to not do as it does to do. Amen. Adam was told, don't do this. Don't eat of that tree. It took faith not to eat of that tree, and they missed it in that mark. Adam, don't eat, and you will abide in me and multiply. God told Noah, Noah build an ark. God told Abraham, get out. He told the, 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 the people at the, at the, uh, the marriage feast of, of Canaan there, he said, fill the pots with water. Naaman was told to go dip seven times. The, the, the nation of Israel in battle was told to break their lanterns and shout. God told Moses, stretch out your rod. 
Jesus told the paralytic, take up your bed and wash. The blind man was told to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Jesus told the disciples when it came to the multitude, you give them to eat. And he says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen? So we must fight to break out of and break free from the generation of sit and wait for others to do it for you. That's where we are. We got to sit. Don't relegate your faith to somebody else to do it for you. Don't relegate your multiplication and increase that's available to you to walk in with God to somebody else. Look at what we're living in a generation. It is amazing. And, and, and regardless of your political spectrum, you can believe whatever you want, vote for whatever you want. But please don't vote for people that just want to take away what you work for. <laughs> no. It's amazing when I watch the current political debates going on on the candidates that are running against our president. When you got that every person's plan is based upon you paying more for it. I'm just waiting for them to tell what they're going to pay. They're doing all right. Because every bill they pass in Congress, everything they do when it comes to that, they, they all have guaranteed retirement. They have guaranteed health care. They're not going to live by your health care, do all this stuff. I'm kind of on the edge of revolution right now. Especially in California, doing that. And, and something that's exciting and something that has happened and is so exciting. When I speak about our president, there's something that happens for years. The church is under a cloud of saying you can't talk about political issues or bring things up because of the Johnson Amendment and all this stuff. And we'll shut you down. We'll take away your tax exempt status or whatever. So pastors have been afraid to speak. That Our president revoked that thing. Amen. So today I can say, uh, today, now I can say whatever I want. I've kind of been doing that. I'm glad he caught up with me. So that's kind of awesome. Amen. Amen. But we're faced with the generation of get it free while others work to pay for it. That's what we're being told. And people say, well, you don't deserve that. You, if you made that, if you worked for that. President Obama told the, Joe the plumber, you didn't work for that. You didn't make that happen on his business and stuff. Other people are doing that. Come on. No, you work for that. You deserve that. And nobody has a right to take that away from you. When I say, we're going to give something to everybody, you can't give something without somebody paying for it. Nothing is free. But we have to break free from that in order to have God work into our life, even with God. And what has happened is, the reason I'm sharing this is because that socialistic mindset creeps into the church where the church wants God to do everything for them for free. People even come to church with the socialistic mindset. We expect everybody else to pay for our worship. Your offering today declared if you're a socialist or not. Amen. What are you expecting others to provide for you when you come into the house of God? Oh, man, this is the great message this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. So watch this. The Bernie generation that is singing the song of freedom all the way into slavery. The term feel the burn will take on a whole new meaning in the end. Too many will feel the burn for all of eternity. Hear me this morning. God never created anything to stay at the value of one. God never created anything to stay at the value. You weren't saved to stay at the value of one in him. 
You were saved to produce one more and one more. The law of increase and multiplication and production is upon your life. Kingdom increase is a part of your salvation. Everything alive is growing. It must be the same with our personal walk with God. We must be growing. We have to be growing, generating increase by taking the leap of faith. As a church, if we are truly alive, we will be growing. The church is alive, we grow. How do we grow? Growing in new lives, in new converts, new discipleship, new ministry, new outreach, new miracles, new breakthrough. There will be increase in multiplication. But it all comes when somebody says, hey, I'm no longer going to be a spectator. I'm going to take the leap of faith and get involved. Because what holds us back is, well, I'm not equipped. I don't know how. I wouldn't do that. God says, I know. You don't know how to do anything I'm going to ask you to do. That's why I equipped you to do it by my grace. So God equips us to do it. You just have to take the leap of faith, agreeing that he is there with you. Faith is a common denominator in the lives of those who are growing and increasing in God. It empowers them to take the leap. It's different, yet the same for every one of us. Your leap and my leap will be different. So I'm going to illustrate it to you here to this morning just very quickly. I'm going to go through these on taking the leap of faith. Watch it. For Sue and I, it began for us on May of 1981. A pastor walked up on a platform the night we graduated from Bible school and said, Hey, why don't you come be in ministry with us and serve in Bernie, California? And he was asking me to run his Christian school. Initially, come and serve, be on staff, be our associate pastor, and you can be the directors of our school. Now, my wife is smart. <laughs> Me, not so much. And so to be the principal and then to teach the high school. He was taking a major leap of faith in asking me to come. Amen. I'm serious. I was stoned all but two days of my senior year. I'm I'm, you think I'm kidding. I'm serious. I, I was messed up. Amen. And so my, in education, and so I'm smart and I know how to study and do all that stuff, but I faked it through high school. And now I'm being asked. God has a sense of humor. Amen. And so you look at that, well, Lord, how could I do that? I don't have the training. I don't have anything in there. How do I do that? But you just, when you say yes to God, he equips you to do what he's asking you to do. Are you getting this this morning? So watch it. So for Sue and I, accepting a call into ministry and leaving our familiar surroundings and means of support required taking a leap of faith. And then we're there in a year and a half and the whole thing blew up and we're standing there and we have no visible means of support. And all I know is I can't go back. God brought us here. If I I go back we may never go out again so we're just going to stay here for for six months we live with no visible means of support watching God through never missing a bill God making provision she's pregnant with our son Austin and a pastor comes up we'll pay your Medicare we'll give you a free place to live other people coming in providing moving with God when you take the leap of faith God comes through amen and then to be called to pastor a church after we waited that time out. Then we're called to pastor a church that believes almost nothing you have personally experienced in Christ. <laughs> you go and tell them, this is who I am. This is where I came from. We don't believe none of that stuff. <laughs> awesome. You want me to be your pastor? Yeah, we think so. Okay, this will be fun. All right. <laughs> so we have a great time together. And then after six years there to leave 
the security with your family that you built there and moved to a place where you know nobody and believe God to use you to build and grow a church for him in that region. So we left there. We moved to Cameron Park, knew nobody, and our family just came here and moved believing God. It required a leap of faith. Then to be given by our organization at that time, six months of basic poor. We'll support you for six months. Because back then, what they would do, they would give, if you wanted to plant a church, they said, we'll give you $1,500 a month for a year. I said, what can you do with $1,500? You can't do nothing with $1,500. Hello? And so I said, tell you what, you give me $4,000 for six months, and in six months, we'll be self-sufficient. I said it before I knew what I was saying. But I took a leap of faith. And they had never given anybody, that organization had never given anybody that much money at one time to plant a church. But they gave it to us. And you know what? In six months, we've been self-sufficient. You know what? We're 31 years into that right now. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on. But you have to take a leap of faith. You have to say, hey, I believe God. If you just believe with me, I can believe God. And God will always honor your leap of faith. And then after three years to complete, we started in Cameron Park. And then after three years, I felt like God said, move up to the Placerville area. Centralize yourself in the county. That somehow we would be a county outreach ministry is what I felt the Lord say. So we moved from our building into the Memorial Hall, Veteran Memorial Hall, for almost two years. And God, did, we just took that leap of faith. Amen. And then as process of time went on, the next thing you know, this building opened up. And then believe you can move into a new facility and renovate it with no money and hardly any people. It required a leap of faith. Are you with me? And so I'm getting in there. What I'm saying to you, when I'm preaching to you, I'm not preaching stuff that I haven't had to do. Amen. And so I get in there, and so you think about getting, oh, God will give us an army. He'll give us all the provision. Well, our army was less than 125 people when we moved in here. We had no money. We'd been, we'd been in for three years. We'd been in a building fund for three years. We had $6,000 in three years. Powerful. Amen. But then we walked in this door, and in six weeks... When we took the leap of faith and signed the lease, and we're going to take this building, and we're going to turn this, this used to be an auto parts warehouse, and we're going to turn this into a sanctuary for God. In six weeks, $25,000 came in. And we didn't take one offering. And a guy who didn't even come to church gave us a check for 10000 of that. You've heard me tell the story before. His wife ran our tape ministry, and he would just listen to the tapes. And one day, Mick Smith, and one day he didn't even like the, he didn't like the tapes. So those are pretty crappy tapes. <laughs> and his wife said, well, honey, they got an old funky duplicator machine. You need to buy them a new one. So he bought us a $2,000 duplicator machine. Amen. So he could listen to better tapes and not have to come to church. Glory to God. But then the day we moved in here, he called, he called me up on the phone. He goes, hey, I hear you building a building. You, got, you're, you guys are moving in. You're going to build a new building. You need some money? I go, yeah. He goes, well, I'll give you $10,000. Let me know if you need some more. I said, I need some more. <laughs> Amen. But, but, he did, but what, what happened? We took the leap of faith because when you wait to see it with God, you can't have it. 
faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You have to take the leap of faith, and then when you leap, God begins to bring it to pass. Are you hearing me this morning? So we moved in. God made that to happen. Then to believe that you can build an outreach facility which will reach the youth and families of your county with just a handful of people. And now 14 years later, into the Lord's gym, we've reached thousands of young people for the Lord. Somebody give God a good praise this morning. Come on. And many people don't know that. We have the largest youth outreach facility in El Dorado County we have for the last 14 years. It's the best kept secret in El Dorado County. Just go ahead and brag on the Lord's gym that you have. Share the word. Give out free passes. Tell people about what God is doing. Think about it. But then you have to believe to purchase your building and believe that we can expand, increase, and reach more souls for our county for the glory of God than ever before. We took a leap of faith in buying this facility. Amen. And now God is bringing it to pass. Look what happened. We took a leap of faith. And we don't press you. I usually talk about offering after the offering. Amen. And then that, but look, we ended last year $20,000 over our increase, over what we were believing for. Isn't God good? Amen. But we're moving in this thing, and God is going to make it happen. But then next, to believe that where you are in every one of our lives, we have to believe that where we are is not our end. Your job, your health, your, 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 your problem, your pain, your lack, wherever you are, that's not your end. So how do I get out of that? It's going to require a leap of faith. Oh, it's only a place for you to prepare for what God has in store for your future. And to do that, it's going to require that leap of faith. To believe in your life, to see exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ask or think in Christ to come to pass requires a leap of faith. To believe in the gifts and ministries God has placed in you to reach the lost, heal the sick, bind the brokenhearted, restore hope, bring forgiveness and restoration to the outcast, the downtrodden people in your sphere or influence requires the leap of faith. To love those whom God is calling you to love for Him requires the leap of faith to break out from where you are into what God has for you requires the leap of faith to believe that God has ordained your life to be greater than the value of one and to produce increase and multiplication into his kingdom requires the leap of faith Amen. let me just tell you when God knows you he knows all about you I am a messed up bag of human humanity Amen. And yet God called me. I have attitudes. I have problems. I, I, I make bad decisions. I make people mad. I do, and yet God called me. Are you listening to me? And, and in spite of who I am, I choose to just keep taking leaps of faith. See, there's no such thing as a perfect person. God doesn't call perfect people. Perfect people to absorb with themselves to give God any place in their life. Amen. God calls people that don't think they could do anything and just believe God would do something through them. Are you doing all right? Eli talked about it. God doesn't call the qualified when he preached a few weeks ago. He said God doesn't call the qualified. He, he calls the what? He qualifies the call. He calls you and he qualifies you. And then we think about, well, God, what about what I'm going through? I've been going through this pain. I've been going through this broken. These are the circumstances of my life. God said, man, I never thought that would happen. That caught me by surprise. 
We all think that God's surprised about our circumstance. Every time you're in a situation, it's just a great place for you to take the leap of faith. Father, no matter what's going to happen, I'm not going to give up on the vision. I'm not going to give up on the dream. I'm not going to give up on your purpose. Are you doing all right? At our youth leader conference yesterday, I sat down with Jason Smotherman and just goes, hey, pastor, how's it going? I said, it's going for good. How's your year been? He says, oh, man, we got all kinds of people moving out of state. I said, that's happening everywhere. We have people in our church moving, relocating, doing that everywhere. And he goes, yeah, it's a challenge to our finances and everything else and your growth and your leadership, your team, your workers and all that stuff. Well, I said, you know what, Jason, maybe we ought to give up. <laughs> no. You just keep believing God. It's amazing. When you watch a God, you just keep believing God. Transition comes, but right behind transition, God has the next person in line and the next person in line, the next resource in line. Are you hearing me this morning? So in your life, you look, God, what's going on? Don't worry about it. He knows what's going on. Just trust him and keep taking the leap of faith. Watch what happens. God will always be on your side. So to believe that God has ordained your life to be greater than the value of one, to produce increase and multiplication into his kingdom requires a leap of faith. Think about Jesus. He was willing to take the leap of faith. What did he do? To leave glory, the glory he had with the Father, literally change his nature for all of eternity. Be born as a man to be raised as our Savior, to experience the shame of the cross and the taste of death for us to have life, to become poor that we through his poverty might be made rich, to be separated from the Father so we could be reconciled to him. Jesus did that. Do you know Jesus had no guarantee that one person would believe on him? There's no guarantee. He says, I'm going to give my life. I will take their sin. And if they believe on me, I can be their savior. He had no guarantee that anybody would receive him. He took the leap of faith. Glory to God. And he took it for you. So when it comes to me living by faith, I look what he did for me compared to what my leap is. It's nothing. Amen. His leap was all for us. My question is, what will yours be for him and him alone. So worship team comes back. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm going to be 67 in May. Glory to God, I'm a spring chicken, hallelujah. How you been? I believe that with all my heart. How you been? I refuse. I refuse to think old. Amen. Amen. I refuse. I refuse to believe that 65 is the age of retirement. I'm going to run for several more years, and maybe around 77, I might run for president. I know I'll be in a lot better shape than Joe Biden. Amen. I'll definitely have more wits about me than that. Amen. Hallelujah. So watch it. Because think about that. People run for president in their 70s. Amen. People giving up. Because, listen, you're, you're productive. As long as you're alive, you're productive. As long as you're alive, the law of increase can work in your life. As long as you're alive, God can do more for you. The problem is we just kick back and quit taking the leap of faith. Amen. They go, well, I've been serving in church for all these years. Well, keep serving. There's one more child to be ministered to. There's one more young person to read. There's one more family to be read. There's, there's one more person that you can help. There's one more person that you can love into the kingdom. Just keep loving people. Glory to God. We got all of eternity to rest in God. Are you doing all right?
Amen. Don't quit now. Because when we retire, we just go back and sit back and we shrink back down to the value of one. I'm going to get a rocking chair and just sit there on the porch. Awesome. Amen. But there's more in you than that. There's more in you than that. Amen. More. I'll be 67. I'm ready for my next leap of faith. Knowing it will require leaving and risking the tangible certainty of what I have now for the intangible certainty of what He has promised for me to walk in. The promise of God is an intangible certainty that you possess and enter into by the leap of faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance, the reality, the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence, proof, and conviction of things not seen. There's an old little saying that says this, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. We just have this one life. And then we're going to eternity with Him. And only what we do for Him is what will last. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 20, He says, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. To the rich young ruler in Mark 10, 21, Jesus looked at him, and listen to this, loved him and said to him, Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, One thing you lack, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. See, it's what we do now that determines whether we have any treasure in heaven as Christian. In fact, I started another kind of study at the same time that I'm putting together the lesson on what is God doing in the earth and just looking at the word work in the Bible. Some of you people like Maynard on Dobie Gillis. Man, I went old school right there. How many remember, remember Dobie Gillis? How many remember who Maynard was? Every, every time he came up and there was something to be done, Maynard, can you help with it? Work! And he freaked out at the word work. And so in the body of Christ today, working for God, doing the work of the kingdom, being about our Father's business, we missed that. But Jesus said, one thing you lack, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and take up your cross and follow me. Jesus said, hey, son, take the leap of faith. You're trusting in your resources. Let that go. Put your trust in me and take the leap of faith and come. Let's reap the kingdom together. Hear me this morning. The only thing leaving this earth and entering into eternity with God is the soul of a man. You go to the back of the book. There's a fire coming to this earth. Nothing on this earth is going to heaven except your soul. Nothing leaves this earth except the soul of God's creation. And with the souls that go to heaven with God, He's creating a new heaven and a new earth for them. Are you with me this morning? So the only thing that goes to heaven, the only thing you can take to heaven and store up as a treasure is soul. Kingdom increase is soul. It takes a leap of faith to follow Jesus and to reach them and win them to Christ. It takes a leap of faith to move out of our comfort zone to reach somebody for the Lord. 2020, I believe it's time 
to live for something greater than the value of one, to take the leap of faith, to win souls and increase his kingdom. This is my confession. You can make it yours if you want. But Father, today I choose to break free from my doubts, fears, insecurity, and lies of the devil that seek to hinder and restrain my faith in you. No longer will I be content to be a spectator in the kingdom. Today I choose to take the leap of faith, believing to see that all you have purpose for my life to come to pass and to live for your glory in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you want that to be your declaration, stand to your feet right now. Come on. 2020. It is time. It is time. How many of you have ever put up with someone or something for long that said, that's it, I'm done? Then I'm done with that. Let me give it to you like that. It's time to be done with chronic pain. Time to be done with long-term conditions in our life. It's time to be done with lack. Time to be done with insecurities. It's time to take a stand. And the way you take a stand is you do what the Word of God says. You begin to call those things that be not as though they were. When you're fighting something about and quit, it's time to quit agreeing with the symptoms. Whether it's physical, financial, relational, whatever it may be, it's time to quit agreeing with the symptom of the problem, whatever that may be, and start agreeing with the Word of God. Something changes when I speak the word. Yeah, but pastor, if I speak it, what if I speak it and nothing changes? Say and keep saying. 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 How long? Say and keep saying. It's not how long. It is say and keep saying. It is speak the word and speak the word only. Thank you, Father. I'm the healed of the Lord. I feel like crap today. My head is throbbing like a bass drum. Like Donnie's kicking inside my brain. My head, boom, 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 boom. But Father, I thank you. I'm the healed of the Lord. I thank you I'm strong in the Lord. Father, I thank you that my relationships are right. I thank you that there's restoration in my family. I thank you there's restoration in my marriage. I thank you, Father, you're working in my finance. I think you have promotion. I think you have increase for my life. I'm going to declare your word over my life. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak life. I refuse to speak death. I refuse to declare anything that does not agree with your word. Your Bible says I am redeemed and the redeemed of the Lord say so. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you need to take a stand in any area of your life, move to this altar right now in Jesus' name. Come on. We're going to close out declaring today in Jesus' name.